0: Hello there and welcome to the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. Today is a very special day because I get to interview the maker of one of my favorite Bitcoin wallets. And a wallet which I think is very underrated nowadays and not too many people talk about it anymore. It's called Electrum and it has all the features that you can possibly imagine for Bitcoin. From hardware wallet integration to multi-sig and all the way to Lightning, Watchtowers, and it's really fascinating. It's an all-inclusive kind of wallet, which is also, I guess, the second most tested after Bitcoin Core. And a lot of people have looked at it and it's legit and OGs still use it. But, you know, the class of 2020 may not be too familiar with it. So I'm very happy to have you, Thomas. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. So did I mention your full name? You're Thomas Vogtlin? Yes, that's correct. You created Electrum?
1: Uh, Electrum was created, uh, yeah, in uh, 2011 by me. Um, it started that, uh, I mean, I was just toying with Bitcoin in order to learn how it works. Uh, and uh, I-, I learned how to do a few Python scripts for myself. And uh, then I ended up having all the components uh in place for for, uh, for the Electrum uh, client server architecture. Uh, so the server was, at the time, it was using an, a, B- a Block Explorer database called ABE. It was before uh, we wrote uh, our own code to, for the server. And um, yeah, I decided to do a wallet after the mybitcoin.com um, uh, how should I call it? Catastrophe. Or, I mean, it was a, a, a wallet website that stole bitcoins of the of their users. So it has, it had a very big impact at the time. Although I mean, uh, the, the the market cap of Bitcoin was not very high, so therefore it's uh, it's probably not recorded as uh, something te- as terrible as, uh, for example, Mongox. But at the time, compared to the size of the Bitcoin
0: economy, it was something big. If I recall correctly, you said that you heard about Bitcoin the first time from a hacker's website.
1: No, I think it was the slash dot, uh, It was in 2010 and it was from the slash dot website. Uh there was a an article mentioning that the market cap of uh, Bitcoin had um, had reached 1 million dollars.
0: Yes, and I was gonna mention the name Electrum because it means something special in chemistry and precious metals, but it's also smart because it alludes to electronic money. Yeah, Um,
1: (coughs) it's uh, that's the that's the intent. That's what it means. Uh, It also uh, alludes to the fact that there is both a client and a server. So it's. uh, uh, I think we had a logo with a Bitcoin. I mean, uh, yeah, there was a Bitcoin sign in the center and uh, the, the ellipse that you see in the current logo was a, a smaller Bitcoin orbiting about around the larger one, as the client orbiting around the server.
0: Yes, and for a while, a lot of people relied on Electrum for SPV. Yeah, still today. Still today. And something which a lot of people don't understand, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to explain, what is the difference between a full Bitcoin node and an electrum server?: An electrum server is a full Bitcoin
1: node with some extra indexing capabilities, so it's able to uh, answer to requests about uh, the history of a Bitcoin address, for example. So <laughs> you can uh, yeah, you need to index more stuff than uh, the Bitcoin core client does. And there is an extra uh, protocol with uh, the Electrum RPCs that we use for that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I also like the design of the wallet because by default it connects to a random Electrum server every time.
1: Well, that's the default because uh, we don't want uh, users who, don't, uh, who have no idea about which server they want to use to be bothered. But uh, you can also decide to, to have your favorite server, I mean uh, to connect only to one server or to your private server. Um, but, yeah, the the default is uh, to connect to random so that it's uh, simpler.
0: You also have Tor integration so that you don't reveal your IP address to the Electrum server. Yeah, indeed, that's correct. Yes. And I, I think it's pretty cool. I, w- I also run uh, the Rust Electrum server on my Raspberry Blitz. It's personal for the local network, so nobody from the outside can connect to it, which I guess kind of defeats the purpose. You're not going to like it. No, no, no. I, I think diversity is good. Uh, I do not
1: uh, write the current server. Uh, like I said in the beginning, the initial server was built on top of a block explorer called ABE, and that was a SQL database that was very inefficient. So <laughs> I then wrote... Uh, the initial Electrum server code which was uh, much faster than uh, ABE but still uh, it has been replaced now by Electrum X mm-hmm. which is faster, which is an append only database so it's, uh, it's more efficient than the code that I wrote and now everybody uses uh, Electrum X or like you say Rust uh, or what was their Fulcrum. Uh, I mean there there are, there are a few uh, um, implementations for the server Uh, so I don't uh, I'm I'm very happy that I don't have to develop this myself anymore yeah Uh,
0: something else that I know is that you have the Trezor and you have the Bitbox 02 which allow you to connect to your own Electrum server as opposed to relying on theirs and I wanted to ask you why do you think that they went for this design with the Electrum server as opposed to a Bitcoin core node
1: that you can connect to your own Electrum server? Um, sorry, can you, can yes, you clarify so the
0: question? You can connect in Trezor Suite, you can connect to your own Electrum server as opposed to using Trezor's own, but they don't have full node integration yet. And why do you think that they went for this design for Electrum server before they went for full node? What are the advantages?
1: I don't know specifically about Trezor Suite. Of course. uh, But if you have your own Electrum server, it needs to connect to a Bitcoin full node. So uh, I don't know how it is set up, but I I suppose there is also a Bitcoin full node in there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's uh, for privacy. I mean, if you run your own Electrum server, then uh, you do not expose your Bitcoin addresses to some uh, foreign servers, obviously. That's the... I mean... If you want privacy, nothing beats a full node, and uh, Electrum can be used in the context of a full node that you control if you if you run your own Electrum server on top of it, and uh, if you decide to do so, it's also possible to make your own Electrum server available to the rest of the world so that uh, other people can use it who do not want to run a
0: full node. Yes, and... If you look at the list of Electrum servers, you can find some famous Bitcoiners or Bitcoin companies that run their own. You have Blockstream, you have Andreas Antonopoulos.
1: Yeah, it's a, I think it's a way to uh, also uh, get some advertising for those companies. I mean, they, they are visible in the official list of Electrum servers, so it cannot hurt. It's like running a lightning node. These days, some large companies run, run a node just because they want to be visible.
0: Yes, but what I was about to say is that, like in the case of Tor, you can have whatever governments trying to operate their own Electrum servers for data collection purposes. As most people, by default, they're going to just use a random server, and if they have a large number of servers, it's likely that they get a match and they have users connecting to them and sending them XPUBs and transaction data. So I guess it's useful that you have these entities that you at least trust that they have their heart in the right place and they have the right privacy values.
1: Yeah, uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, if you really want to make sure that you are private, you have to run your own full node. That's uh, I mean, nothing beats that. Um, So Electrum is both for for beginners who uh, want to have a quick way to connect to the network and who do not want to wait because uh, it's also an important aspect of money that you don't need to wait to download the full blockchain Mm -hmm. or to synchronize with the blockchain. (coughs) But um, if you are really uh, uh, about privacy and you don't want to expose anything, I think the best thing you can do is to run your own node.
0: Yes, I, I very much agree with that. And something else about Electrum that I want to mention is that The class of 2019, 2020, 2021, they mostly use for multi-sig or whatever, they use Sparrow, which is a popular wallet for desktop, or they use Spectre, which is also great and popular. But most likely they don't know about Electrum. And that's why I decided that this interview is very relevant. As when I saw Sparrow, I was like, okay, this is cool, but it does nothing that I haven't seen in Electrum already.
1: Yeah, I have not tried those wallets uh, maybe they might be more user-friendly uh, I haven't uh, I don't really know but it's also uh, maybe they put emphasis on this kind of uh, feature uh, multi seq. We, we I mean we supported multi wallets f- very early and uh, Electrum has been known for that for a long time uh, but in the recent years, we mostly focus on Lightning, so and uh, we don't take much time to advertise what we do.
0: Yeah, yeah you also have Shamir backups. You also have hardware wallets. I, I think pretty much every hardware wallet works with Electrum. I used to uh, have...
1: Y- not every, but most of them, yes.
0: I think it supports
1: PSBT, right? Yes. So, Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is that... Uh, before PSBT was uh, was officially a spec, uh, we had our own PSBT, our own uh, format, uh, and we developed that format in order to be able to be the first to propose multi And Now that we have PSBT, we rep- we we, d- we, t- we rem- replaced the the, f- the initial electron format completely, so that we only keep a single format in the code because we don't want. Uh, to, to the code to become too complex but uh, the fact that we did not wait for PSBT to exist to offer multi-sig is the reason why we were uh, the, the default choice for multi for a long time.
0: Yes and I remember when I got my Trezor 1, no the Trezor Model T, it had some features that could only be unlocked while using Electrum their interface, which was still a web application, was very basic and for newbies. And even Trezor was recommending that you should use Electrum to unlock more advanced features. And
1: Yeah, I think they did not support seq. I don't know if they do yet. But uh, uh, before PSBT, uh, there was no, no way to do multisig uh, using different wallets because they had no way to communicate except if you used Electrum. After Mt. Gox collapse, that was really the precipice of me saying, right, this has to
0: change. We need a totally transparent exchanging system um, and base it on gold instead of fiat. Voltoro is the hard money exchange which helps you beat inflation with instant swaps between the best stores of value known to man, gold and Bitcoin. Unlike most exchanges, Voltaro understands the importance of transparency and security. All gold holdings are secured in top tier Swiss private vaults and fully insured against theft, fire and more. Maximize your purchasing power today by going to voltaro.com slash bitcoin takeover. This is not financial advice, but gold has been humankind's most reliable store of value in the last 6000 years. Do your own research. Use promotion code takeover for a one-time bonus of one gram of gold for the first 50 new customers buying gold with Bitcoin. Are you concerned that your friends, neighbors, or KYC exchange might know how much Bitcoin you own it is time to take your financial privacy seriously with Wasabi Wallet, a free and open source wallet solution which makes use of mega coin joins to mix your coins with those of hundreds of other strangers. Thanks to the groundbreaking Wabi Sabi engine, your coins get divided in smaller untraceable units which grant you great anonymity for both huddling and spending. Download Wasabi Wallet 2.0 today at wasabiwallet.io and take advantage of the Mega Coin Joins. It's free and it's open source, so don't trust Verify. What are you going to wear when Bitcoin hits 1 million dollars? The same old 20 dollar t-shirt? Try Maison Machi, the designer clothes made in Paris by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. They're not your average mass-produced sweatshop clothes. Machi will ask for your measurements and tailor every piece of clothing according to the shape of your body. So you always look and feel great in your t-shirt, hoodie or dress. It's all made in France by real artisans who also happen to be Bitcoiners. Which is why Maison Mashi only accepts Bitcoin as payment for their clothes. Get a Maison Mashi t-shirt or hoodie today, it might even help you find a girlfriend. And once you do get a girlfriend, you can also buy her Maison Mashi dress. Stop having fun looking poor and check out MaisonMashi.com. That's M A I S O N M A A C H I.com. So I did see your presentation yesterday. I know that you're focusing heavily nowadays on the lightning network. I also saw from the user interface that you have a special menu for running a watchtower, and you are also interested in asyncs, trampoline stuff. Mm-hmm. Could you do a brief summary of what you do with Lightning in Electrum, and how it's different from LND or something else?
1: Yes, of course. Oh, it's uh, <coughs> LND is uh, an implementation that's designed to be uh, a public node, so it's uh, it has routing capabilities, and it's uh, always online. Uh, that's not a wallet. A wallet uh, typically is uh, online only for a very short time. I mean, people open their wallet, they do a payment, they expect the payment to work instantly, and they close the application. And that's the usage pattern of a wallet. So if you are in this context, uh, you have to solve all the issues related to you not being online all the time and Lightning actually uh, introduces uh, some uh, vulnerabilities. I mean, you have to watch your channels or someone has to watch them. So this is the role of a watchtower. Uh, and the same is uh, about uh, the trampoline. Trampoline is a solution to the, uh, finding a route issue. Uh, when you d- in, in, uh, in Lightning, the sender of a payment has to find a route for that payment. And for that, they need to know about the graph and the graph uh, has to be downloaded and it changes frequently. I mean, channel updates are published constantly. So that means that you have pretty much to be uh, online all the time if you want to have an up-to-date uh, version of the graph. So Trampoline is a technology that, is, uh, uh, that was designed uh, in order to, to solve this issue. Uh, it has been uh, invented by the, the developers of uh, Eclair so the Async company, and uh, uh, we implemented uh, this. Uh, I mean, it is not part of the uh, yet. It's not part yet of the Lightning protocol because it has not been merged into the, the specification. But uh, Async, they have had for a long time uh, a trampoline node that they use for their users for Phoenix for the Phoenix wallet. And uh, so we implemented the, the, the trampoline in Electrum. And then we added two more trampolines uh, to the network. And we, I mean, I encourage people to add more because the more trampolines there are, the better the privacy. So um, trampoline is a way to delegate the route finding to a trampoline node. So you just uh, send your payment to that node with the instruction... Find the route to the recipient, and um, the route can have multiple trampolines for privacy. Um, so this is something that we introduced compared to Phoenix. Phoenix only uses a single trampoline because they only had one. <laughs> I mean, it was only one entity at the time. So, but with Electrum now, uh, if you pay to someone who, I mean, if you pay if the, if the recipient of the payment is not a trampoline wallet, then by default, we try a route with multiple trampolines to, to make sure that the payment is private. Uh, otherwise, the trampoline knows about both the sender and the recipient, so it, makes, it gives them too much uh, information.
0: That's very different from what, what most people know that Lightning Network is. And I think there is a whole industry of buying already made nodes that you plug to power and then you have something that runs 24-7 and people expect to get routing fees, but you're working on something which works just like a Bitcoin wallet. You only turn it on when you need to make a payment, you make the payment, you close it, and it it's interoperable with the rest of the Lightning network.
1: Well, it's the same story as uh, we had earlier with uh, the, the full Bitcoin blockchain. I mean, running a full node versus uh, having a light client that is an SPV client. Uh, the issue at the time was that you had to synchronize the blockchain now the issue with lightning is that you have to be online all the time uh... but in essence it's uh, uh... okay so the issue with the with SPV SPV is a way to to reduce the size of the information that you keep on your hard drive and that you download as well um, Trampoline is, uh, is also a way to, uh, to not download uh, this uh, lightning uh, graph, the graph of the, of the network. So it's, uh, both are technologies that are designed to uh, reduce the, the amount of data that you have to download and uh, that make it possible to pay instantly when you turn on your device.
0: I also wanted to ask you about SPV, as that's something that's described in the white paper. And is there any difference between the way Satoshi described SPV and the implementation that you find in Electrum? No. No. Um, in the
1: early days, there was uh, this ID that was floated around uh, by uh, other wallet cr- developers uh, from uh, that were using a Bloom filter. So uh, they were equating SPV to the use of the Bloom filter. Uh, and uh, I think this was just uh, um, propaganda or marketing, should I say. I mean, I, I, I think that the goal was to, to, to say that Electrum was not really an SPV wallet. But no, that's not true. I mean, we implement SPV. I mean, the, the white paper from Satoshi does not say anything about how you should uh, receive the Merkel proof. The Merkle proof, it's perfectly acceptable to get it from an Electrum server. There's no, I mean, that's uh, that's not part of SPV. That's just uh, how you, I mean, how the the proof is sent to you doesn't matter. Uh, The only thing that matters is whether you can check the proof and how you check
0: it. And I also wanted to ask you about Neutrino. I think that's BIP 157, 158. Yes. Does Uh, it work in Electrum or is it not part of your SPV setup?
1: No, it's not. Uh, it's not part of uh, what we do. Uh, Neutrino is actually, um, yeah, uh, it's much better than the Bloom filter. At the time where they published the Bloom filter, I, I think I published. I, I didn't want to implement it. I, uh, I think I, I must. I don't remember exactly what I said about it, but uh, basically, I, I said it was bad um if neutrino had been available at the time maybe i would have uh, i would have changed my i mean it would have changed my mind because uh, neutrino is much uh, is a lot better it's uh, more private more efficient um but yeah uh in the end uh no we d- we don't use neutrino we we use the electron servers <laughs>
0: What is next for Electrum? It seems like you have pretty much every new feature so far and you keep on adding stuff and it doesn't really change the interface. That's also something that I find interesting that the wallet is kind of the same if you look at it. You just add some more menus when you open the drop-down stuff.
1: Well, that's that's not true. I, I, I think the next version simplifies the, the user interface because uh, for example if you look at the received app there will be a single button that will work that will create invoices both for on-chain and lightning mm-hmm. uh, so w- yeah you're right that we are co- we are trying to come back to what Electron was before lightning uh, 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 my goal is to abstract the the payment from the payment layer Uh, So uh, users should not uh, have to know whether they use on-chain or Lightning. This should happen in the background, ideally. So it's not completely the case yet, of course. But uh, what the new version introduces is uh, if you need to rebalance channels in order to send or to receive a payment, uh, it it will not do it automatically for you, but it will suggest it and automatically select the relevant channels and the amount that you need. It will also propose you to open a channel or to do a submarine swap if you need that in order to send or to receive a payment. So, um, yeah, maybe there will be more automation uh, in the future, we have to see, but uh, that's already a big step in, in terms of um, yeah, the, the, the users having only to interact with history, send and receive, and not to worry about the channels tab or the, the other tabs that are for more advanced users.
0: I listened to an interview with you from a few years ago, and you mentioned that you got interested in Bitcoin because you wanted to create something similar. You had ideas for a similar kind of digital currency.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean this is uh, this was a long time before Bitcoin. I I don't think I would not say I had really. Uh, interesting ideas because uh, Bitcoin was completely different from uh, what I expected Uh, but it's true that I took part in a a mailing list uh, around the year 2000 Uh, I was um, I was involved in a peer-to-peer project in a distributed hash table and we were looking for uh, possible applications of this beyond just sharing files and uh, yeah I I suggested I mean I raised the question uh, can we create a currency with that Um, of course uh, I had no idea how to solve the double spend problem Uh, so uh, the only thing I knew about was this uh, Byzantine protocol agreement which is known to be weak Uh, So uh, I I didn't have any... uh, I mean, I I had some interest in in doing that, but I I, I never really proceeded with something
0: concrete. I guess just like Peter Todd, who was emailing Hal Finney and Adam back when he was like 15, trying to solve the double spending problem, but he had no idea how to do it, I guess. But my question would have been, if you could change anything about Bitcoin, right now, and b- let's say it's 2009, you can talk to Satoshi and tell him to change something at launch, what would it be?
1: Um, okay, it might sound... Uh, um, I mean, it's probably going to hurt uh, the opinions of a lot of people, but... Oh, that's why we're I, here. I'm not sure if the the block reward going to zero is a good thing. Uh, I mean, there is a... F- the, the p- I'm, I'm talking about the block subsidy, so the reward would be only the fees, the mining fees. Um, I, w- I would feel more comfortable if the miners had a constant uh, block reward at some point, uh, but that is a hard fork, and... Um, it seems that the people who advocate for hard forks have left the Bitcoin ecosystem. Um, but we don't know uh, how the game theory of mining and uh, rewards is going to work in the long run. So this is, um, this is probably something... I mean, we, I think we need to have a discussion about this. Um, yeah, that would be probably my uh, well, the, the the most important uh, thing in my opinion. Um, there might be others. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think about proof of stake. Honestly, I think uh, I don't want. Uh, I mean, if somebody now suggests a, a hard fork that moves Bitcoin to proof of stake, I would probably oppose it, um, just because. It's uh it's untested. Um Ethereum is going to test it, but uh it, I don't like uh constructions that are too complex. So um I think uh, nobody really understands the, the security aspects of proof of stake in Ethereum and uh we'll have to see how I mean we'll have to see what happens there. Uh but um, yeah this this kind I mean it's I'm not able to to give you an answer uh, to the question, is proof of stake better than proof of work? Uh, This is uh, something I think uh, think we need to be conservative at the moment and not to change that. Um, But yeah, uh, we should also keep eyes open.
0: Uh, Ideologically, I don't think I can agree with proof of stake because it's the idea that if somebody has more money than you, then he has more votes than you.
1: Absolutely, I agree.
0: So I can see many ways in which that can go wrong, even if you assume that everyone is financially interested. With proof of work, at least you can externalize resources from the outside. So you can use fiat to buy a mining machine and make Bitcoin without ever buying Bitcoin. And I, I think that's a big advantage that you can use outside resources to contribute to the network, whereas in Proof-of-Stake you must always buy from somebody else.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just mentioned Proof-of-Stake as an example of something yeah. that I do not want to see now. Uh, I'm just saying we should observe what's going on.
0: Oh, we should grab popcorn, <laughs> lots of it, because it's going to be interesting. We saw all of these experiments fail this year with stable coins and all stuff like that. Not all of them, but Luna yeah. In
1: general, I think that uh, the issue with DeFi and uh, with smart contracts is that there is a difference of culture there with Bitcoin. Um, those uh, those smart contracts, in general, uh, the, the, the people who develop them, they they have no inhibition towards complexity. They create very I mean, they create uh, complex things that they don't really master because they are too complex. Uh, th- th- so the surprise comes later.
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Um, next question, please. Is there any sidechain in Bitcoin that you like? Um,
1: I don't really know about them. Uh, I mean, uh, the the liquid thing relies on the federation so it's not really bitcoin i mean it there is no double peg in bitcoin um, maybe it would be nice to have a double peg a real one decentralized one um, i have read about this bip 300 thing I, I don't think it's there's not a lot of people behind it and uh, it's also yeah i don't know if i really like it Um, Maybe in order to have a double peg, we would need a hard fork, and uh, we don't have that. Um, But if we need to have a hard fork, uh, yeah, well, I don't see a hard fork happening soon. Um, Maybe maybe Bitcoin will never see a hard fork because it's too late, it's something that was possible in the early days.
0: I think we need to have one to fix some issue. Which ones? So there's something about the hashing that's going to happen in like 50 years. Quantum computers? No, 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 not that. (laughs) Something regarding the signatures. So there's gonna be some bug which can become critical in like 50 years. So we're gonna need to hard fork at Mm -hmm. some point Mm -hmm. for that reason only. Okay. But let me put it like this. If we were to imminently hard fork and that was obviously the choice of everyone Would you opt to add something else into Bitcoin? No, if you have to hard fork
1: imminently, you have to gain consensus. And the more stuff you add, the more uh, you divide the people. So uh, if we have to hard fork over a pressing issue, the hard fork should only fix that issue. That's Uh,
0: that's the way to maximize the chances of success for the hard fork. I agree with that, but... Let's say that you have unpopular opinions, like what is the most unpopular opinion about what should be in Bitcoin? The most unpopular? Like you don't like big blocks, but maybe you like something like ring signatures or whatever. Zero knowledge proofs.
1: I... Okay, I don't... I mean I was against the big blocks as in uh, Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV uh, Because of the the division in the in the community that was existing at the time and the way it was introduced, Mm -hmm. but uh, and also because uh, I mean uh, it was it was introduced as a solution to scaling issues when uh, there was a smarter way to do to go about that and that's lightning. but it doesn't mean that, that I am against uh, larger blocks uh, absolutely I mean this, uh, if, it, if it's in a different context, I mean if it was brought in a different context uh, maybe I would have uh, been in favor of uh, bigger blocks it's just that uh, when you have a small group trying to take over uh, the, the Bitcoin core developers uh, you cannot accept that
0: There's a way to increase the block size with extension blocks. That was a proposal made by Johnson Lau. Basically, it involves having a parallel chain, which is also mined by the same miners. And you can have larger blocks on that one. I think Segwit won over it because it's less complex and it doesn't give as much power to the miners. But I did see an interesting experiment in Litecoin where they added like two months ago they added Mimble wimble on top of extension blocks. This way they can do peg-ins and peg-outs into a private chain and they have confidential transactions that are uh, actually scalable. So I think that's uh, an interesting experiment. To me it's more interesting that what they do in Ethereum with Proof-of-Stake.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean I don't follow closely what other coins are doing, but uh, there are certainly interesting developments there. And uh, it's uh, it's important to keep eyes open
0: about it, yes? No, I know this because I had Charlie like three or four episodes ago and he told me about all of this. I think it's interesting to do experimentation that can get added to Bitcoin later. Mimblewimble at first was proposed <laughs> as something for Bitcoin. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're too fami- familiar with it, if you spend time to research it, but it's really cool because it's scalable, unlike whatever is on Monero and Zcash.
1: Yes, I've read about it.
0: So what gets you most excited nowadays about Bitcoin? You have been involved for 12 years almost or more? I think still Lightning. And
1: uh, I mean, Lightning isn't, uh, is not finished. There are nice uh, proposals. Uh, Taro... Okay. I, I did not dig very deep into that, but it seems to be something worth uh, reading, at least. I, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, if you ask me now about the, the most uh, interesting development, I mean, uh, long term, Uh, Probably something in the direction of uh, Lightning, what can be done with Lightning that isn't done yet, uh, as in uh, uh, other assets or uh, DLC, discrete log contracts, this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: What's your take on stuff like Counterparty and Omni? that are layers built on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. They don't scale, but they do provide some interesting functionalities for those who are interested. I did not know that they still exist. Oh, they are still maintained. Omni is being used by Bitfinex. Mm -hmm. It used to be used for Tether. Now it's being used for Synonym. It's a company that they are financing for digital identity. And Counterparty is used for Rare Pepe's... Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I I don't know
1: very much about all the stuff that's going on in in crypto. Uh the thing is uh there is only 24 hours in a day. Oh, yeah, but this uh, is on I'm top
0: of Bitcoin, so.
1: Yeah, it's on top of Bitcoin, but still uh even there I I spent a lot of time solving issues related to Electrum and uh that's it. I mean, uh I I don't know much about uh, um, counterparty. I mean, counterparty has been around for a long time. Uh, I think it was even there when I was still using Bitcoin Talk, the, the, the forum. It was there. It's probably one of the o- one of the oldest uh, protocol on top of Bitcoin, if I'm if I'm right.
0: It's from January 2014. Yes. And they burnt like 2,000 Bitcoin to create it. Mm-hmm. And people still use it. I, I used it last year, and it was so cool. Mm-hmm. It was at the top of the NFT mania, and everyone was looking for the oldest historic NFTs. Yeah, okay. Rare
1: I tend to not follow stuff related to NFTs, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, sorry, I can't answer that.
0: No, I, I was just trying to see if there's any strong reaction to that. Like Greg Maxwell would just punch me in the face if he heard anything about that. He hates it with a passion. He <laughs> thinks it's dangerous to insert something that may compete with Bitcoin. Like a token on top of Bitcoin that might have a similar value and adds an incentive to double spend the blocks to get that rare Pepe or whatever.
1: Um, I'm not following you The Why would it... Add an incentive.
0: So if the same block transfers multiple assets, and one asset happens to be more valuable than the coin-based reward,
1: yes, yeah, that's the same issue as in Ethereum with the gas. I mean, Ethereum has plenty of assets, but the gas and the ether. uh, In the early days of Ethereum, I thought that uh, the, the ether price would be decorrelated from all the assets that are there and I did not uh, think that the, ETH, that the ETH price would go up but it it went up as well um, but yeah I cannot really un- answer about Bitcoin and counterparty uh, because I don't know that well enough
0: it's basically Ethereum and Bitcoin without the EVM but, but it's the pretty cool
1: the, the thing I agree where well, I agree with Greg on the fact that um, if you have assets that are much more valuable than the, the token that is used to, to, uh, to move those assets, to pay for the, the mining fees, then it's an issue as, in, as is the case in, in Ethereum um, or would have been the case if the ETH price did not go up.
0: Right, so you mentioned that you're going to do a revamp of the Electrum interface. We're going back to Electrum because that mm-hmm. was the point mm-hmm. of this interview. Are you going to add anything different from what you're currently doing or is it full Lightning right now?
1: Well, what I presented is a, a simplification of the of the Lightning experience. So there is a abstraction in the sense that... Uh, users don't need to to know that they are using lightning i mean they will know of course but uh, uh, if they don't really understand what is a channel they don't need to open the channels tab they will just have a a pop-up that tells them oh uh, you need to open a channel to pay this invoice and uh, here is how much you should put in there so uh, basically they just need to press OK, and of course they need to wait uh, until the, the channel is uh, open. So they wi- they need to wait for a few confirmations. Same story if they need to rebalance or swap. If they if they need to do a swap, it's going to to last for at least one block. Uh, so they will experience sometimes that uh, things are slower because uh, we need to wait for a confirmation. Um, and also uh, if you swap, then you have to pay mining fees. So it's more expensive than lightning. Uh, so... But the the idea is that uh, other than uh, uh, delays and fees, which are shown to the user, they don't need to worry about whether they are paying on-chain or off-chain.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting, and you're doing something very great. I think Electrum is the all-inclusive wallet. It has pretty much everything. I have two more questions. The last one is about how people can follow you, but before that... Electrum is a desktop wallet, is something that's used on your computer.
1: It's uh, also an Android wallet, it's not very popular at the moment, and uh, I don't know if you have seen the Android app. No, I
0: haven't, I, I'm um, on iPhone.
1: The current Android app is uh, based on a framework called Kiwi, and it's been uh, uh, difficult because the, the it's not responsive, it's slow. Um, but we are changing that, uh, I have a new developer that is uh, rewriting it from scratch using Qt. So we hope that we will be able to release the Qt app this year and uh, it will be uh, it will look uh, much better, it will be fast and responsive.
0: The question would have been, are there any mobile wallets that you recommend to people to use or that you like?
1: Other than Electrum?
0: Other than Electrum, yes.
1: Well, I think uh, the best Lightning wallet uh, in terms of user experience is Phoenix. Uh, that's why we are trying to uh, borrow some features of Phoenix. But uh, at the same time, we don't want a single point of failure like the async node. And we don't want in Electrum uh, trust to be... I mean, the, the wallet should not trust a remote node. So... It should be able to connect to arbitrary nodes, uh, and not to a node that you trust. So this is why we will probably not be as user friendly as Phoenix, because w- we m- we have to choose a different trade-off. And our philosophy is uh, no single point of failure, no no trust, or as little trust as possible. But if I had to recommend a, um, a Lightning wallet other than Electrum, that would be Phoenix, because all the other Lightning apps, either they r- you have to run a full Lightning node and you it's a front-end to that node, or you delegate to someone who has the private keys of the channel. So, the, the for example, uh, some of those applications, they give you the choice. I mean, you can have your node or you connect to their node. And if you connect to their node, they become custodian. Uh, and uh, some uh, some of them are not clear about that, I mean they don't really tell you, uh, I mean they say "Well, you, we are non-custodian but if you look at the fine print uh, it's uh, only if you run your LND instance somewhere which only 1% of the users do.
0: <coughs> well, what do you think about Breeze for example, it's a lot like Phoenix but I don't understand the difference so that's why I'm asking.
1: Oh, I don't know, I don't know exactly what Breeze is doing.
0: Um. I think the main difference is that Phoenix uses async, right? Yes. And Breeze uses c lightning.
1: So it all depends uh, where the lightning node is. Is it in the phone or not? That's the main, I mean, that's what you have to look at. Uh, is it a remote instance and who does it belong to? or is it in the device so they might have uh, I I know that some of uh, the the lightning wallets have uh, full uh, instance of uh, LND or whatever or C-Lightning in the device so in that case you are in the control of the keys Um, but uh, then uh, if they don't use trampoline as Phoenix does, it's probably much more data intensive and you need to be uh, online Uh, more often you need to synchronize Mm -hmm. so um, I don't know specifically what Breeze is doing but that's the general answer
0: at least for the first transaction that you receive you need to keep your phone screen operating and the Breeze app running so that it opens the channel so I guess you need to be online for some payments but still in uh,
1: general on Lightning you need to be online to send and receive you can, uh, I mean, unless someone receives for you, uh, you have to uh, to settle the HTLC. So you need to be online to receive.
0: Okay, so you're not on Twitter. That's what I know for a fact. And you said yes, you I am. Uh, the you
1: are. I mean, we have a, an Electrum wallet account on Twitter.
0: I mean, you personally not. No, Electrum.
1: personally, I'm not on Twitter. I I think I. I don't want to do that because uh, that, you, yeah, even with the Electrum wallet account, I sometimes, I mean, I try not to post personal opinions. I only post uh, stuff that is related to Electrum. Uh, if I started to post personal opinions uh, on a personal account, uh, I would waste a lot of time. I think it's, a, it's a,
0: an expenditure of energy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Of course, because Electrum consists of gold and platinum or silver? Silver. Silver. It's a combination of gold and silver. And you're all for the most precious stuff. And your time is just as precious. So people should follow the Electrum Twitter account. And what else? Is there any way to keep up with what Electrum does? Any Any
1: announcements that are important will be on Twitter. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean uh, that's it. Uh, I know there is a Facebook account, but it's not me d- behind it. Uh, so it's yeah. just uh, run by some enthusiasts. Uh, so the official, uh, the official thing is uh, is Twitter, and of course GitHub. I mean, uh, like I say, uh, we do not do. T- support over Twitter. I mean if you ask a support question over Twitter it's not going to be answered because that's not the purpose of Twitter. So if you have an issue and uh, you want somebody to look at it you should post it on GitHub and of course if it's a general uh, newbie question it's not interesting for us. I mean uh, GitHub is here to uh, help us find bugs and address issues that should be addressed but if you are just learning then uh, GitHub is not a free teaching course, right? It's again
0: a question of uh, how we spend our time. Yeah, I I understand that and I very much appreciate your time with this interview. You said a lot of interesting stuff and it was longer than I told you it would be. You missed the presentation that you wanted to see Uh, at Mallorca Blockchain Days. But this has been Thomas Vogtlin. He's not very outspoken. He doesn't do many interviews, but when he does, it's really nice. And he says a lot of interesting stuff. I hope that you're going to add that nice interface into Electrum so more people use it. I hope that the ones watching are going to download Electrum and give it a chance. (laughs) So thank you very much for this interview. And I'll see you again at conferences. Thanks. After Mt. Gox collapsed, that was really the precipice of me saying, right, this has to change. We need a totally transparent exchanging system um, and base it on gold instead of fiat. Voltoro is the hard money exchange which helps you beat inflation with instant swaps between the best stores of value known to man, gold and Bitcoin. Unlike most exchanges, Voltaro understands the importance of transparency and security. All gold holdings are secured in top tier Swiss private vaults and fully insured against theft, fire and more. Maximize your purchasing power today by going to voltaro.com slash bitcoin takeover. This is not financial advice, but gold has been humankind's most reliable store of value in the last 6000 years. Do your own research, use promotion code takeover for a one-time bonus of one gram of gold for the first 50 new customers buying gold with Bitcoin. Are you concerned that your friends, neighbors or KYC exchange might know how much Bitcoin you own? it is time to take your financial privacy seriously with Wasabi Wallet, a free and open source wallet solution which makes use of mega coin joins to mix your coins with those of hundreds of other strangers. Thanks to the groundbreaking Wabi Sabi engine, your coins get divided in smaller untraceable units which grant you great anonymity for both huddling and spending. Download Wasabi Wallet 2.0 today at wasabiwallet.io and take advantage of the mega coin joins. It's free and it's open source, so don't trust Verify. What are you going to wear when Bitcoin hits 1 million dollars? The same old 20 dollar t-shirt? Try Maison Machi, the designer clothes made in Paris by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. They're not your average mass-produced sweatshop clothes. Machi will ask for your measurements and tailor every piece of clothing according to the shape of your body. So you always look and feel great in your t-shirt, hoodie or dress. It's all made in France by real artisans who also happen to be bitcoiners, which is why Maison Mashi only accepts bitcoin as payment for their clothes. Get a Maison Mashi t-shirt or hoodie today. It might even help you find a girlfriend. And once you do get a girlfriend, you can also buy her Maison Mashi dress. Stop having fun looking poor and check out MaisonMashi.com. That's M-A-I-S-O-N-M-A-A-C-H-I.com.